Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good morning and welcome to Carolina Cares. It's an iHeart Radio production here on the South Carolina Radio Network. My name is Tyler Ryan, your host, hailing, of course, from our flagship station, WVOC AM and FM in Columbia. I'm so happy you're spending this time with us this morning. And as usual, I'll let you know and remind you, if you'd like to hear this show again, and I'm sure you will, because it'll be a lot of fun, a great topic we'll talk about today. But any other Carolina Cares from the past, you've always got that podcast, and it's free. All you've got to do is pick up your phone, go to that handy-dandy iHeartRadio app. What? You don't have it? Well, it's easy. Just download it. It's free. You put it in podcast and you search for Carolina Cares Radio and all of the shows, um, about five years worth of the shows are there. And uh, per usual, if you have uh, an idea, a topic, or you say, you know what? I I would like to be on the show. I've got something to say. Email me, Tyler at carolinacaresradio.com. It's Tyler at carolinacaresradio.com. And don't forget to follow us also on the socials. Just look for us there on, on Facebook. You can certainly find us. Well, you know, guys, if you were a little brother or sister, or maybe you have a little brother or sister, chances are you've said or heard the words, well, you were adopted. Now, of course, that's meant to be a dig when you're a kid, you know, just to be kind of mean. At least it was when I used it against my little brother. And heck, I probably have said it more recently than I'd rather want to admit. Uh, you know, But as we get a few miles behind us, we realize that adoption or being adopted isn't a dig at all. It's rather something to be proud of. I mean, it's the pride when you feel when you, uh, the pride you feel when you saved a child from bouncing around uh, from a situation that no child deserves, uh, even for uh, just a little bit, just, just that time to feel that love. And as a child, you know what? Yeah, I'm loved. I have a family that loves me unconditionally and they didn't have to. And that's the thing about it. I think that makes adoption and that connection so important. Because, yeah, you know what you say, you, you can pick your, fa- your friends, but you can't pick your relatives, right? When you make that choice to adopt a child, and, 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 and as a child, you make that choice to love these people, it becomes family, and that's a choice. You're doing it because that bond is there, not because you have to. My grandmother used to say to me, you know, I may not like you very much, but I can't hate you. Anyway, you know, the fact is around this country, there are some 100,000 or more children that are in the foster care system. They're they're just waiting for that forever forever home. The family that's going to give that unconditional love where DNA simply does not matter. Now, the adoption process is lengthy, and it should be. The vetting, of course, goes on in each state, and every state's a little different, but the material steps are often very much the same. And adopting can also be a costly endeavor, reaching as high as $40,000 in some areas. But then again, it's hard to put a price tag on a kid, right? I'm going to throw this out there. I don't want you to let that price tag mean you need to be rich to become a mom or dad. You can't put that price tag on there to be a son or daughter. Adopting is certainly a lot more than a checkbook balance. That's for sure. Adopting also puts you into an elite, extra special group. You see, only about one third of Americans have considered adoption for one reason or another, but only 2% 
have actually made that commitment and they've expanded their families. Now, November is Adoption Month nationally, and here in the Palmetto State, Governor Henry McMaster also proclaimed November 2021 as Adoption Month right here for the Palmetto State to celebrate that creation of those new families. Joining us this morning from the uh, from DSS, the Department of uh, Department of Social Services, Miss Conley Ann Ragley. Conley Ann, good morning to you. Hi, Tyler. Thanks for having us on this morning. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I love talking about adoption. You know, as I mentioned, I, you know, and it's funny, I, I just watched, um, I just watched, if you're a fan of, um, of uh, Yellowstone, but uh, some of the characters on that, on that show, they're all brought together because they don't have to be. They're maybe, you know, ragtag fellows, you know, and, and they found a home with people who just care. And just, in, in fact, in the episode this past week, uh, there was a young guy who just, he lost his dad and he had nowhere to go. And he said, man, I'm not going back in the system. And they just took him in and created that bond. And it didn't matter where he was from. They just knew where he was going, you know. So let's talk a little bit about adoption. So I know, as you mentioned in the in the lead up, uh, that this is November is National Adoption Month, and mm-hmm. specifically at the Department of Social Services, every month uh, we focus on adoption. But we really try to highlight uh, adoption and adopting children that are legally free that have been in the foster care system, that their biological parents' rights have been terminated by a judge's order, mm-hmm. and and many times these children, and a large majority of the time, these children are in the foster care system due to no fault of their own. And so um, here in the Department of Social Services for South Carolina, um, there are currently 168 children uh, that are legally free uh, for adoption, and they're waiting for a permanent place to call their home. Of those 168 children, I'm going to let you know that 118 of those children are youths between the ages of 10 and 17 years old. Mm-hmm. And that really just highlights the agency's uh, perception. Majority of the public think that, oh, I don't want to adopt a teenager or I don't want to adopt an older child. I only want a baby. But our greatest need really is for parents who are willing to open their homes uh, to provide a lasting and forever family for older youth and teens and especially sibling groups. We have groups of siblings, two, three, four, five siblings that, you know, we want to keep them together. We're looking for a adopter that is willing to open their homes for all of these children in that in that family unit because we want to try as much as possible to preserve those bonds and the family tie and we do also have some children that are available for adoption that are may have complex medical needs and may need Mm -hmm. some um, special help or special services Um, so we have a wide variety of children that are um, available for adoption through the state of south carolina Um, these don't in in take into account uh, the other hundreds of children that are adopted privately Mm -hmm. every month um, through uh, private adoption agencies, but the 168 children that are in the state's custody that we are talking about today um, are available through the Department of Social Services. So I'm glad you actually kind of separated that just a little bit, the older kids, the younger kids, and then versus um, the 168. That doesn't at all mean there's only 168 kids that are looking for that forever home. It's just uh, with DSS at this point. So I want to make sure that, that we understand that number two, right? Right. And, and, you know, I think it's really important to talk about just because a child is in foster care does not mean 
that they are f- available for adoption. Mm-hmm. Uh, the state state laws and federal laws require us at the Department of Social Services to attempt to reunify with their biological family when safely able to do so, so that every child may not uh, that's in the foster care system. Ultimately, our goal is reunification with their with their family. They mm-hmm. may not. Um, ever come up for adoption and they may never have their parents' rights terminated. And so we have on any given day in the Department of South or in South Carolina through DSS, roughly 4,000 um, children that are in foster care. Uh, and so I, I just bring that to our, okay. your attention that, you know, 168 um, are currently available for adoption. And, um, you know, that any 4,000 on, on any given day, um, as of today, the number in foster care is 4,050. Okay. So, and so people understand, so I actually, I understand too, but anybody listening to t- to kind of put that in your mind. So the foster system, certainly some of the kids who are, uh, are, are available for adoption are in the foster system, but just because you're in the foster system does not mean that they're in that position where they can go to another home. So I'm, I'm assuming when you adopt, you say the 168, that means that that is, they are your son or daughter. You are their mom and dad from, from whenever the judge drops his gavel on versus that, that potential for reunification. Cause of course that'd be the preferred means. And I get that in most, let me say this in most situations, that'd be the preferred means. Um, but so that's the difference. If I understand what you're saying correctly. Yes, that is. And, and, you know, of those uh, for, in this case, 168 children, when that gravel or when that gavel drops, uh, from the judge and family court, and that new family is formed. It is a forever family. And, you know, we do have some teens that are later in their teen years, 16, 17 years old, and are not sure they're ever going to be adopted. I know there was a story out of the PD uh, that we highlighted where um, a young girl at age of 15 came into the foster care system. Um, she had bounced around from home to home. She was convinced that she was never going to be adopted and she was going to age out right. of the foster care system when she turned 18. But lo and behold, she got connected and found a family uh, that she got to know and mm-hmm. locally there in her community. And she was adopted at age 17. So that's amazing. I, uh, there's there's so many of these stories across the board of of, of young teens as well as children and sibling groups finding their forever family. What happens uh, when someone ages out, as you put it, they turn 18, what happens to, I mean, they're adults at that point, right? They can say, hey, have a good day. But that's right. And what I, happens to them asked, at that point? Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you asked that question because that's something that we are trying to rebuild at the Department of Social Services. Um, our state director, Michael Leach, came from Tennessee about two and a half years ago and really um, helped uh, reestablish the program in Tennessee for, uh, we call it our ETV and our Chafee program. And, and really that, that unit works to strengthen and help uh, young adults as they begin that transition to adulthood. There's some aftercare services that are available um, through the Chafee and the ETV program, which is um, some of that is a combination of federal and some state funds that we can assist uh, with money for college, whether it's a two-year, four-year vocational training, um, as well as for youth that are working to get out on their own. And mm-hmm. Patrice White is our uh, director of our Chafee ETV program. We currently have about 400 youth that have aged out of foster care but are receiving aftercare services. Uh, there's currently a bill that is pending in the state house 
that would help um, allow the state to draw down additional federal dollars to help youth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd love to come back on at another time and talk all the things that we're doing and some of the, the success stories of our youth uh, who have aged out of foster care and due to you know the the help from the Chafee ETV program are really making that uh, transition to adulthood and doing it well. That, and that's awesome because that's you know I think about that as well. Just as an aside, uh, you know that you know you're 18. Well, you are. You were an adult. Now you you got to fend for yourself. When we all know when you've got that family, you've kind of got that support system. When you normally, if you turn 18 and you've got you've got that mom or dad or whatever your family you know whatever your family dynamic is, you've always got that to go home again. And so uh, I'm glad you I'm glad you're working with that. It makes me happy to hear that there's programs and hopefully even more coming um, about that. So you absolutely can come back on uh, Carolina Cares and unless we can get into that, because I think that's a whole different dynamic of of the larger uh, issue with the foster, you know, the foster program and of course, adoption as well. Right. And, and that also brings into a case about reunification, right? We want mm-hmm. to get these children reunified youth reunified with their biological family if it's safe to do so and you know that also brings into another conversation about work that we're doing on the front end to prevent children from ever coming into the foster care system in the first place i think you'll see a lot of child welfare systems around the country not just in south carolina but moving from a reactive punitive system that really, you know, only gets involved after abuse or neglect has happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you'll see, you're going to see a shift across the country to be more proactive and provide resources and support and um, economic stability for families to keep, you know, hopefully to keep children out of care in the first place and to try to, um, you know, prevent um, abuse and neglect before it ever happens. Sure. And and listeners know my background besides media is law enforcement. And I spent many years working um, back in my old days in, in Vermont as a as a detective. And I did a lot of child abuse cases. That was my uh, that was what I was specially trained in. And so, yeah, I mean, I've seen the different gambits of, of, you know, some places where, you know, no, there's there should be never a child in this home ever, ever again. And the difference of you know what, this is a, right now is a bad situation, but there's ways to get it better. You know, with a little help, a little, uh, some resources, this becomes a very loving home because love does not have a sort of, I mentioned in the beginning, love does not have a bank account. I don't care if you make $10 an hour, $2 an hour or a million, uh, you can love in your heart. In, in, in my in my humble opinion, anyway, Conley Ann. That's right, and and really, we're looking for individuals who may be interested in adoption, who are willing to open their heart and give of their time. And you know, t- there are some resources involved, and you know, some of the misconceptions about adoption is that only the wealthy can afford mm-hmm. um, a state-supported adoption, and that you know, all of the babies are already adopted. Another misconception might be um, that I can't adopt if I'm not married. Right. Or that adoptions take forever, or I'm too old to adopt, or adopting a child will never be the same as having my own biological child. And we know that these are myths and misconceptions. And um, I think about that 15-year-old that came into care, into foster care, who was scared, who you know had some maybe some self-confidence issues, and mm-hmm. thought I'm you know I'm too old to be adopted. If we talk about you know, misconceptions that the public may have before they're planning to adopt. Think about those things that may be built up in a child or a young adult's mind as they're, as they're waiting for their forever family. So um, we, you know, discourage folks from having um, preset definitions of what they think a family may look like or what adoption may look like. 
Um, to become an adoptive parent in South Carolina, you can be married, single, or divorced, regardless of your sexual orientation. You may or may not have your own children or uh, other children that you've adopted. Mm -hmm. You can own your home or you can rent a home. You can work full-time or part-time. There, you must be at least 21 years of age and a resident of the state of South Carolina. And most importantly, you must be able to meet the financial and emotional needs of your own family. And you must be stable and can provide a child with love as well as, as, well as the supports that he or she may need as a transition to your family. Then if you meet any of those and all of those criteria, you may become a candidate to become an adoptive parent in South Carolina. I love it. Speaking this morning, obviously, about adoption from uh, from DSS, the Department of Social Services, Conley and uh, Ragley. And I know, I, you know, a lot of times DSS is is a dirty word in, in families. You know, the folks who come in and take your kids. And, and that simply is not true. Uh, first of all, that's simply not true. But that's but there is that that stereotype that's there, uh, you know. But there are reasons in, in give me some reasons, some ideas why somebody may uh, may be emancipated. So we're talking about the, the kids in the foster homes that are potentially going to be back, which is what they want to do. But then you've got 168 that have been emancipated that are not going back to their their birth parents. And they're just ready for you to be, hey, I'm your dad. I'm your mom. What are some some examples? I, I you know realize yeah there maybe there's some behavioral issues. I, I mean I, I raised my hand. I, <laughs> I was not the nicest of kids on the planet. Heck, I'm barely hanging on as an adult. Uh, but what are some reasons why a child may be taken uh, from the home? Just just an idea of what you know that that, that cross section of the 168 kids that are right now available looking for you. Step into the world of power, loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Sure. So I think, um, you know, one of the, the main misconceptions is that we deal in nothing but abuse. But most of our cases in the foster care system are because of neglect. Mm-hmm. Give you a classic example is that it's 30 degrees outside and your child comes into school with um, comes to school with no coat. Well, the teacher or the guidance counselor, because they are mandated reporters by state law, may call it into our hub at DSS, which that number for anybody who's listening that wants to make a report of abuse and neglect against a child or young adult or even a vulnerable adult is one eight 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 care for us care and then the number four and then us. Um, and so that is a classic example of maybe not having enough food to eat or having some food insecurity in the home, um, not having running water, electricity, um, heating and cooling during um, extreme temperature changes. The majority of the cases that we see in the Department of Social Services have to do with neglect. And it could, I think it, you brought up a great point about bank accounts and you know, it doesn't, you know, poverty does not equal neglect. Just because someone right. may not be able to um, provide their kid with everything from a name brand store and dress to the nines does not mean that that parent or that family doesn't love that child. So that's a really important, you know, misnomer that we try to explain to folks is that poverty does not equal neglect. There's lots of folks who are working class 
trying to keep the lights on, trying to keep a roof over their head, trying to keep food on the table, and poverty is not, it does not equal neglect. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we do also have some cases uh, that come in for things like physical abuse, um, sexual abuse, um, but a large majority of our cases that we're involved in in the foster care system as a whole are because of neglect. You know, it bears mentioning again that it's not about the financial situation. That does not mean, you know, we have our friends from Harvest Hope come on. We talk about uh, food insecurity. Just because you live in a beautiful neighborhood does not mean you're not hungry and vice versa. And I think that's important when you're talking about the hearts of of a child the same way. Mm -hmm. It's, It's not about being able to dress them in the fanciest, swankiest of clothes because those can disappear pretty quick. But what's inside is what matters. Right. That's absolutely the case. Speaking with Conley Ann Ragley from uh, from DSS this morning about adoption, we'll put links for you, of course, uh, there at the uh, on our socials, Carolina Cares Radio. And uh, when you download the show notes onto the uh, podcast, we'll have notes and, and links for you there as well. If you have any questions about the adoption process beyond our conversation here uh, this morning. So obviously there is a, a pretty big background check, but give me kind of the steps if, if someone's listening and, and they look over at their their husband wife their partner whatever or maybe not maybe just they're driving on the road by themselves and they're single as you pointed out <laughs> you know what i think i'm ready to be to be a parent i'm ready to be a mom or a dad what's the process what if i call you and say hey i'm i'm in what, what tell me walk me through what happens to me sure um, i think that's a, a really good question and you know, the first uh, order of business is to reach out to Heartfelt Calling. Um, that if you are not already a licensed foster parent in the state of South Carolina, the first step is to reach out to Heartfelt Calling at heartfeltcalling.org. Um, and they are the clearinghouse for the paperwork that begins either the fostering or the adopting process. So if you maybe aren't quite ready to make that leap um, for a, a permanent adoption, maybe fostering, uh, which you know, is, is meant to be a temporary situation, maybe that is right for you. So first step is to reach out to Heartfelt Calling. And then from there, we also have all this information on our website at dss.sc.gov. Look under the Child Wellbeing tab and you will see um, a, a space there for adoption. We've got lots of information about how to adopt. Um, as well as a uh, terminology guide, which is very helpful uh, because some of these words may be foreign, like legally free and TPR and some of these acronyms. Um, There's also information about adoption assistance. If you adopt a child um, from state custody uh, out of DSS, there's um, could be some monetary assistance provided monthly. Um, And also just some frequently asked questions. But first step is to reach out to Heartfelt Calling and then from there, you would attend some potential adoptive parent orientation. Uh, you'd complete a background check for the um, central registry to make sure that there's no abuse or neglect of, of children on your background. And you'd also do a, a SLED FBI fingerprint check. Um, we would also um, fingerprint anybody over your in your home over the age of 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, you would have some foster parent and adoptive parent training sessions. Those currently are virtual because of COVID-19. Um, and then we'll have some additional training. Your adoption specialist would then come and visit you at your home and conduct a walkthrough to make sure that your home is safe and appropriate. There's no hazard presence. Um, and they would also discuss the process and what your next steps would be. Um, you would also have a fire inspection and a DHEC inspection of your home to make sure 
that everything is safe and that in the case in the case of an emergency or a fire that you know there is um some uh way for safe exiting of the home mm-hmm. once you pass that inspection um you will be assigned a certified adoption investigator and they will be um responsible for evaluating uh, your fitness and assess the family home and environment for safety. Um, and then we will, you know, kind of complete that home study if you're approved. And once you've received and the agency has received all that information, then we will begin looking for a match as a forever family with some of the available children. Um, now, let's say a match is found. We would first start with some introductory meetings mm-hmm. um, and, and visits uh, to get to know each other. Uh, and then when after those transitional visits are scheduled, they may be short transitions or they may be longer transitions. They could then become overnight, um, okay. like weekend visits. And then once that is done, the next step is the to finalize the adoption in family court. So how long, and I want to stop before we get too far off, I want to go back just a little before the visits. I mean, that's that's a lot, as there should be. Don't don't get me wrong. <laughs> There's a, if you're going to uh, add to your family with a little human being, there better be a lot. What's, and it probably is case by case, but what's an average timeline from I call today and I get to that point where I'm given, you know, where, okay, I'm ready to now start looking at potential matches. I mean, can it go fast? Is it a year long? Is it a six month? Is it less? Is it more? So again, I think it depends on what it takes to get that child um, to have their parental rights terminated to mm-hmm. get them to that point. But once once the child is legally free for adoption, we can move in about 60 days mm-hmm. to complete an adoption if that person is, has an approved home study. Right, well, that, um, that's what I'm saying. What, right, what, and, the, and what the I was going to say study, is it yeah. could take about between 60 and 90 days. That's it, um, wow. You know, with COVID, things have been a little bit cha- more challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, especially like in our our fire marshal area that we have to have some fire inspections done and we're, we're on a short one staff member there, but um, it usually takes about 90 days or so to complete that process. So, so in theory, if all were just to be lined up and then the heavens were right, six months or under a year, six to six to eight months, you could, you could have that, that family, a child could have a home, could, could sleep under a home where he doesn't have to worry about nothing anymore. He can go to sleep, wake up, have breakfast and a smile on his face. Sure. So I would say that would be a reasonable time frame for someone who has not completed any of the steps. Um, Many of our many of our foster parents become adoptive parents. So, of Mm -hmm. course, that timeline is much shorter because they've already had the background checks and they've already had the fire inspections and the safety inspections and the home study. So, um, you know, it really just depends on where they are in the process. But Mm -hmm. if you're starting from scratch, um, it definitely is going to take you about 90 days to get you approved to where sure. you can start looking at, at children and looking at ways to grow your family. We only have a couple minutes left, but real quick, and you started to talk about it, but I, I just stopped you to just a clarification. But as far as obviously you kind of decide if you want to, you want a boy or girl, I'm sure the age, I know we're talking about some of the older kids today, but in general, and then you meet, not everyone's going to be a perfect match, right? So you may meet one and go, yeah, I'm not connected to this little guy you know, can we, can we meet another one? Is that, is that possible to, cause you obviously want it to be the right fit. You're not going to put a, a round peg in a square hole. Right. Absolutely. And that's part of our placement committee looks at family dynamics uh, for the potential adopter. They also look at what the needs of the child in question are. I mean, maybe, you know, I'm 
the child says, I'm afraid of big dogs. And sure. you know, that may, this is a simplistic example, but maybe that family has a big dog and be like, okay, well, this is probably not going to be a good fit. And so uh, that placement committee really scrutinizes the application and tries to match it to the best of their ability uh, with 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 child uh, the child that may be in question or availability. And we do have a listing of children with a little short snapshot about them, um, you know, kind of what information we, you know, just to kind of get to know them. We do have that on our website under the adoption page. Another resource is the South Carolina Heart Gallery, where you can go on and see a little snippet and a photo of a child that is available for adoption that's a that's a popular uh way for folks to go and look sure wow speaking with conley ann ragley from dss the department of social services and just talking about november being nationally adoption month and and our fine governor henry mcmaster proclaiming uh, november 2021 as adoption month here in the state and with all these kids that are are just here looking for just i mean i I don't think it's too much to ask and it's not about numbers it's about love i think every child has the right to know that somebody no matter what happens in life dang it they are loved period yeah tyler and i'd love to talk just for a moment about national adoption day Mm -hmm. um so we're having that in south carolina that's gonna be on monday november 22nd um and what this we're so appreciative of court administration and chief justice Beatty for um, allowing this to happen. Um, and this is really just a day that's special and set aside for the family court just to finalize adoption. On that day, we are slated to complete 51 children and place them with their fam- with their forever families. Love it. And those are going to be adopted by 42 families. So we do have some families that are going to uh, adopt siblings. So very excited. So 51 children will have their adoptions finalized and that'll be awesome. taking place, place in those four um, courthouses in those four different circuits, Anderson, Charleston, Ory, and Sumter County. So we're very excited. I attended uh, two adoption day events in Sumter and Charleston um, in 2019 and they were incredibly moving uh, to see these forever families created it was a, something I'll it. never forget I love it I gotta stop you right there unfortunately 30 minutes talking about kids goes by so quick <laughs> but uh, Conley, Conley Ann from DSS thank you so much for enlightening us about the adoption process again links are gonna be in the show notes and on the social media uh, for uh, just to get in touch if, if you think that you're right if you're ready to open your heart and your home uh, to one of these uh, one of these youngsters I Now's the time. It's November. Thank you so much for what you're doing uh, for our youth here in South Carolina. All right. Thank you, Tyler, for having us. Guys, this has been Carolina Cares, an iHeartRadio production here on the South Carolina Radio Network. My name is Tyler Ryan. Thank you so much for joining us, and I will speak with you in seven days. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.